Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Roy won't take no or no comment sitting down. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Uh, Cody sent this email from our about our previous subject, and it, it, it amalgamates the points of view that I've been reading. Hey, Roy, this $50 million lawsuit announced will end up with a $10.5 million payout by Trudeau. They've set the new standard, and it will continue to happen. That seems to be the consensus point of view from uh, those of you who sent emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com about the $50 million lawsuit against this country. Well, President Donald Trump is uh, in Japan, and uh, this is on his Asia tour, and clearly a message is going to be sent to uh, the North Korean regime, and particularly when uh, the president is in South Korea. And specifically, though, what is the likely impact of this Trump tour? What's the objective? Because it seems you never quite know what the guy in North Korea is up to, and sometimes you don't know what the guy in Washington's up to. Professor Christian Liprecht joins us from Queen's University and from the Royal Military College. Christian, good to speak with you. And uh, what what are the Americans hoping? What's the uh, what's their hoped for end game from this Asia tour? Well, I think this is a containment and a deterrent strategy. Try to get the North Koreans. I mean, you, you have at the same day also the statements by the Joint Chiefs of Staff. They're really the only way to ultimately disarm the North Koreans is through an invasion. So this is sort of trying to play at the same level as the North Koreans and, and, and try to get them to uh, uh, to pair back their rhetoric and pair back their missile program, pair back their nuclear program, um, and let them know that the Americans are prepared to, uh, to respond. And so, you know, one of the ironies is that this is probably... Um, uh, with with a regime that basically behaves like a bully, um, talking nicely in the schoolyard, um, isn't the way to convince them to behave better. Um, you have to show that you're prepared to use force in the hope of ultimately being able to uh, dissuade them from using force. And I think Trump is trying to show uh, strength and that he's standing by the region, that he's not just absorbed with Washington, because one of the big concerns is that if Trump gets too absorbed with what's happening in D.C., uh, there's a risk that the Americans might themselves try to start some outside confrontation to distract uh, from all the inquiries and whatnot uh, in D.C. And so I think this is trying to convey that uh, there is a sense of rationality about how Trump is uh, prepared to deal with the region. And he began with uh, with, with a visit with uh, with his own troops and uh, played golf with the Japanese uh, prime minister. Apparently, they didn't keep score. I said earlier, if they didn't keep score, that means Donald Trump lost, because if they kept score, Mr. Trump or Mr. Trump won, he'd be telling everybody about it. But what is there a strategic um, reason for beginning in Japan and then working their way to, to South Korea? Sure. Prime Minister Abe just won a re-election, a very significant re-election, um, which is kind of unusual in a Japanese context, and he's the one prime minister in recent history uh, who's basically said he's prepared to shore up the Japanese defense forces and to change the infamous article in the Japanese constitution 
um, that severely constrains what the military can do and how the Japanese military can deploy and can be uh, uh, and can be used. And so there's a lot of belief in Japan that this is the best shot that Japan has to actually get a proper deterrence mechanism within their military. Uh, and I think Trump is there to uh, shore up that position for Prime Minister Abe and also there to shore up Prime Minister Abe uh, after his very significant win. And so this is why I think both of them are making these statements about this is the closest relationship we've ever had, because these two, the Prime Minister and, uh, and, uh, and the President, I think, on a number of files can actually get along because they do think alike, um, especially on matters of, uh, of strategic deterrence um, and uh, defense. What are the chances that this particular trip, and the objective is, of course, as you said, to, uh, if not intimidate, then certainly alert the North Korean regime to the fact that the Americans are in town and they're not about to just let you get away with whatever you want to get away with. What are the chances that the North Korean leader uh, may be such an unstable and uh, unpredictable character that he might adopt an oh-yeah attitude and the worst-case scenario develops. Well, so just the way much of sort of the rhetoric in North Korea is as much directed as an international audience as it is to a domestic audience, uh, I think you get the same phenomenon here uh, with the visit by uh, the U.S. president. That uh, There's been a lot of talk, of course, initially after he got elected about what's known as offshore balancing, pulling back, uh, some of the troop contingents from abroad and bring them back to the United States, having other countries pick up more of the tap for their own defense and for the U.S. troop deployment. And so I think this is reassuring the Japanese and the South Koreans that, um, uh, at least for their particular case, the U.S. is fully committed to the deployment that it has. It's not going to pull back troops. Uh, it's not asking them to pay for U.S. troops to be stationed there, but it is asking them to do more about their own defense. I think that is implicitly the signal that's being sent. Um, and he has a favorable interlocutor in Japan and, uh, um, and in South Korea as well. And so I think this is a way of shoring up the domestic politics to say, look, you know, your, uh, your leaders are looking to do the right thing. And so at least from Donald Trump's perspective, the right thing. And so I'm there to reinforce that message and that we will stand by you as long as you are also um, uh, trustworthy partners in the defense of your own countries and of the region. What do you make of the fact that Donald Trump is going to be meeting with Vladimir Putin on this trip? Well, it's uh, unavoidable given that uh, uh, the visits to Vietnam and to the Philippines are for the purpose of the APEC meeting and for the uh, uh, Southeast Asia Summit and subsequently the East Asia Summit. Uh, so there's a good opportunity here to try to see if they can find some common ground. And I think many people argue that, yeah, we have serious disagreements with Russia, but that this is a file where we need the Russians to play on side. And the Russians have been using whatever international conflict they can find, whether it's Syria or North Korea, as a wedge issue um, with, the, uh, with the United States. And I think the, the message that needs to be sent to Putin is that you can't, the strategy of interfering in these conflicts in order to try to fuel the fires and divisions is not going to work um, and that it is in your interest to come on side and for all of us to pull on the same side of the rope here. And I think that's also the message that, ironically, the Chinese are going to reinforce to, uh, to Vladimir Putin in, the, okay. in, in this particular case. So we need to keep talking about, uh, about these matters, and this is an opportunity to, 
to keep talking. It would be very difficult, I think, for Donald Trump to go and uh, just visit Moscow. So this is probably as good an opportunity as, as there's going to be for those leaders to um, actually continue to talk face-to-face because right. ultimately there is no military solution. Professor Christian Lifbrecht, thank you so much for the time. Have a great Sunday. It's been my pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you. We'll come back and tell you about the next hour. Stay with us.